Welcome to ALM Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Bungling, and I am your host. One of the most favorite series that the audience listens to, I can tell by the analytics, is Captain Midnight. So here's Captain Midnight coming up again. Now this is the 53rd episode in my list, but in the actual uh, broadcast list, the program you're going to hear was the 28th episode of the first season of Captain Midnight, and it's entitled The Voice Again. Captain Midnight and his secret squadron are investigating a mysterious voice that broadcasts over their radio frequency, taunting them and revealing their secrets. They trace the voice to a remote island where they discover a mad scientist named Dr. Zakov that has invented a device that can intercept and jam any radio signal. Zakov claims that he is working for a foreign power that wants to sabotage the Secret Squadron's missions. He also reveals that he has kidnapped Captain Midnight's old friend, Professor Richards, and his daughter, Betty. So it's Captain Midnight on Heirloom Radio. Thanks for listening. Skelly Oil Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Choppers and Dealers. See, we have another swell treat for you tonight. You all seem to enjoy hearing from Captain Balfour so much last week that I told the captain we'd like to hear from one of his own student pilots there at the Spartan School of Aeronautics. Well, it was no sooner said than done. So here's young Henry Rankin, flying student from the Spartan School of Aeronautics in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, where's your home, Henry? I live in Gastonia, North Carolina, sir. Gastonia, North Carolina? Yes, sir. Well, listen, Henry, if you live in North Carolina, how'd you happen to choose the Spartan School of Aeronautics way out in Tulsa? Oh, that is easy. I'd heard of the Spartan School for years. It's one of the best flying schools in the country. It's fully government approved, and they teach all branches of aviation, so a student isn't limited to just one phase of the industry. Well, you seem to have some good reasons, all right. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, are you a member of the famous Dawn Patrol there at the Spartan School? Yes, sir. Every student pilot in the school is a member of the Dawn Patrol. I think it's one of the greatest flying clubs in the country. The biggest thrill of belonging to the Dawn Patrol is going on one of our big cross-country flights when we start out with as many as 15 planes and hop off for some city five or 600 miles away. Say, boy, that must be a thrill. Uh, by the way, I understand you're training pilots for Uncle Sam there at the Spartan School as well as private flyers. Yes, that's true. We have a staff of 50 instructors and 67 training ships for the use of the student pilots. Say, I had no idea the school was that large. Oh, yes, and that's not all. We have 17 modern buildings and five separate flying fields. Oh, boy, I can see that's really some air school. But tell us now, Henry, what part of your student training do you like best? Well, of course, the, the flying, the actual flying, is the most fun. But all the work is mighty interesting to anybody that believes in the future of aviation. We study radio, navigation, meteorology, airplane mechanics, 
and even learn all about airplane construction there at the Spartan factory where they make those famous Spartan monoplanes. Well, you certainly should be well-trained when you graduate from the Spartan school. Say, uh, when I buy my first plane, maybe you can be my chief pilot. <laughs> okay, Don Gordon. And we'll use nothing but Skelly Air Max gasoline and good old Skelly Tagaline motor oil, just like we do down at the Spartan school. <laughs> well, all right, Henry. Boy, it's a deal. Thanks a lot for coming up here tonight. And I'm speaking for every Flight Patrol member when I say, happy landings. And now to Captain Midnight. The famous pilot constructed a revolving antenna with a circular base on which are marked the points of the compass in the hope of discovering which direction the mysterious radio signals are coming from. As our adventure opens today, the scene is late at night outside the workshop of Senor Paredes Hacienda. Captain Midnight, Chuck, and Pablo are gathered around the crude apparatus which Captain Midnight and Chuck have made. The sound of a voice speaking indistinctly is heard coming from the radio. Listen. What can we do, me Capitan? There's only one thing we can do, Pebbles. We've got to get this radio tuned sharper. Now then, Chuck, here's what you do. I'll see if I can tune it in clear, and if I do, you turn the volume up while I rotate the antenna. Right you are, Captain Midnight. Uh, I just can't seem to get it on the nose. Well, the whole trouble is it requires a too sensitive setting. Yes. Injured man. Oh, listen to that. It's much better now. Now we're getting somewhere. Quiet, now quiet. I'll see if I can improve on that. No, no, no. no that won't do. I should have left it where it was. Help. Help. What? We must have help at once. Injured man needs attention. Our location as follows. Well, why does he not continue? Oh, he is continuing, Pebbles, but we can't hear him. It must be Major Steele or Bud Conley. No one else would be using that wavelength. Well, I'm going to give this thing a rest. I'm going to cut the switch. Oh, I want to look at this antenna, and we'll make some calculations. I saw you moving the antenna. Did you get the position where the signals came in loudest? Yes, as well as I could. Didn't have much time, though. Oh, see, the time was very short. The voice came in, and then it goes. What kind of a reading did you get? Here it is. Here, take a look at it. Jiminy Crickets, it's almost straight north. No, no, wait, Chuck. No, it's a little bit east of north. Now, look, I have the base marked in units of 10. You see? It's almost at 10 degrees. No, not exactly. I'd say that 12 would hit it closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just about it. All right, we call it 12. Oh, but me, Mikos, I do not understand. Well, it's like this, Pebbles. I turned this antenna until those signals came in loudest. Then I left it that way. Upon reading the degrees at the base, we find out the exact direction from which those signals were coming. Oh, that's the wonderful thing. Now you know the direction in which to fly. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing, Devils. Uh, it may not be exact, but it's as close as we can get with what we have to work with. Now, uh, where's that map we were looking at? Oh, oh, here's the map. Oh, fine. Now, right now, spread it out on this table. There. Now then, let's see what kind of a direction 12 degrees would be. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, uh, there's a board with a straight edge over there, Pebbles. Hand it to me, will you please? Well, see me, Captain. Ah, that's it, thanks. Now then, here we are at Senor Paredes Hacienda. Now, we draw a line straight north. But, but, but how do you find the 12 degrees, me Capitan? I'll show you that, Pebbles. Now, here's a circle I made with a piece of cardboard. You see, now it's marked off in degrees, starting with zero and going to 360. This is what we call a protractor. It's used to lay off courses on the map. <laughs> so you see, Pebbles, your aviation course is beginning right now. Now then, you see, we put the protractor on the map with the center at the Hacienda. The zero point, or true north, is turned so it coincides exactly with the true north line on the map. Now then, here, I put a dot with my pencil at 12 degrees right there. Shall I take off the protractor? Yes, sir, go ahead. There. Now, Pebbles, I take the straight edge, I draw a line from the Hacienda to the dot which I made with my pencil. Now, 
That will be the direction from which the signals came in loudest. And it'll be the course which we will have to follow. Well, gee, when will we start? Well, at daybreak. And let's pray for good visibility. Because that's something we've got to have in order to do any good. Oh, oh please, me, Capitan. I should like very much to go with you. Oh, listen. Someone's coming. Oh, see, it's Don Juan and Senorita Patsy. Ah, me, Capitan. You have had the success? Well, Senor Pereira, yes and no. We heard a voice, all right, but we're not absolutely sure it was Major Steele or Bud Connor. But did you hear someone? Was it on the Spartans' wavelength? You bet it was, Patsy. Right on the nose. See, and we hear the voice call for help, Patsy. And he tells about the injured man. An injured man? Gosh, Captain Midnight, it must be Major Steele or Bud Conley. You have made a decision, me, Capitan? You take off in the airplane? Yes, Senor Pareto. I'm taking off at daybreak. Chuck and I have checked that ship left here by Gardo. Seems to be in good condition. See, I have asked El Capitan Midnight to let me go along. No, Pablo, you should not do that. If El Capitan Midnight wishes you to go with him, he will ask you. Oh, that's all right, Senor Pareto. Pablo is eager to do some flying, and I don't blame him. Yeah, but the more I think of it, the more certain I am that we'll... Have to leave him behind. Oh, oh, it's the big disappointment, El Capitan. No, Pablo, you must not say that. You should have not asked him in the first place. Oh, now you'll have plenty of chance to do some flying later on, Pebbles. And here's the situation. The plane will only hold four people. And we'll have to take some supplies with us, too. Gosh, if somebody's hurt, we've got to take along a first aid kit. You bet we have. And we've got to be prepared to camp out if necessary. But who are going, Captain Midnight? I'll answer that, Pansy, by outlining what we need. Now, we're going to fly a course that at best is none too accurate. We'll have to fly high, and I need two persons, one on each side, to watch over the side of the ship. Well, they should be persons who have had a good deal of experience in picking out ground objects from the air. Well, very definitely, that means you and Chuck. Gee, that's well. We'll do the best we can. If Major Steele and Bud Conley have had a forced landing along this course, we've got to locate the plane the first time over. We won't have any time to waste making circles and flying back and forth. Say, senor, es verdad. It is the truth. And besides, we won't have any extra gas. Well, but, but, me capitan, that makes three people. There's still room for one more. <laughs> yes, I know it, Pebbles. And I know how anxious you are to go, but that other place must be taken by someone who's an experienced nurse. That means Patsy's mother. Ma's a wonderful nurse. And another thing, Ma knows how to set broken bones and fix up injuries. You bet. Well, that makes up the crew. But, me Capitan, you will return again? Well, certainly, senor. I don't know exactly when, but we'll come back sometime. But, gosh, Captain Midnight, what about Pinky Drake and Slim Poole? They've got to have some way to get home. Well, I'll either fly back or send Chuck for Pinky and Slim and uh, Pebbles here at the same time. Oh, then you will take me to the Spartan Flying School? Yes, Pebbles. Either Chuck or I will see that you get there. Oh, whoopee! <laughs> it's the cat's mustache. <laughs> well, I guess we'd better break up now. We've got a lot of packing to do and we've got to get some sleep. Just the one minute, El Capitan. I have the good news for you. Yes, Senor Pereira, what is it? I have delivered the prisoners to the authorities. Some of them will be in the jail for the long time. Well, gee, Senor Pereira, what happened to that fellow named Rossman? They do not have the record on the man Rossman, so they turn him loose. Now, that's swell. He told us everything he knew, and he promised he'd go straight. Yes, and I hope he keeps that promise, Chuck. Well, come on, everyone. Let's get together the things we'll need for the flight tomorrow. And come on, Patsy. Let's get packed right away. Captain Midnight and his friends packed the plane and got a few hours sleep. Then, at daybreak, they took off from Senor Pareda's hacienda, and as we find them now, they're flying at 5,000 feet. Captain Midnight is at the controls with Chuck in the other forward seat, while Patsy and Ma Donovan are in the rear. Let's listen as Patsy exclaims... Gee, Captain Midnight, we've flown for over three hours and haven't seen a thing that looks like a wrecked plane. Yes, I know, Patsy, but we're still a long way from the border, so don't become careless. If 
we should fly over the ship without seeing it, we'd be out of luck. Well, we can't let that happen. If we did, we never would find Major Steele and Conway. Oh, sure, and me eyes are getting tired from watching the ground below. After you look a while, it becomes just a blur. My eyes get to feeling that way, too. And I have to make myself pick out different objects beneath us. Well, I don't look at everything. I just try to figure out which would be the most logical spots for a ship to try and land in. That's the system, Chuck. That's what we all can do. But if Major Steele's motor stopped, well, he wouldn't have much choice. Well, you see, Mrs. Donovan, it's like this. Now, it was daylight when Major Steele and Conley headed for the border. Now, I warned them about the gasoline in that ship. That being the case, Major Steele would certainly fly high enough so that if the engine quit, he would have the choice of places in which to make a forced landing. So, as we fly along, I just ask myself what spots I would make for if this engine should quit. Why, sure. If we look at every possible landing field, we can't possibly miss them. Oh, yes, we can, too. Don't forget, we're flying this course, but it may not be absolutely correct. They might have been forced down farther out on either side of us. Yeah, true enough. All we can do is to keep going on this course and hope that we're close enough to see them. What will we do if we don't see them? Well, we'll keep going, Patsy, across the border and land at the first American airport we come to. Then I'll organize a search party and we'll come back and comb this country thoroughly. You mean with planes? Yes. I'll get so many ships in the air that one of the pilots is bound to see them. And you can set up radio listening posts to try to get those signals again. Yes, Patsy, we can do that too. And by having several different posts like that, we can tell their position within five or ten miles. Sure, you can get their position by triangulation. Whereas now, all we know is that they're somewhere along a straight line. Well, sure, and why don't you turn on the radio again? Maybe we can hear them now. Well, I've tried several times, but we haven't had any luck. However, Quick, Captain can... Midnight, look down on the left. I think I see something. Where, Patsy, where? Oh, I see it. What? What? It looks like an airplane wing. Yes, it does. And we're going down to look. Well, what have Patsy Donovan's keen eyes picked out? And is it, as Chuck Ramsey has exclaimed, the wing of an airplane? Has Captain Midnight's crude apparatus led them to Major Steele and Bud Conley? Listen Wednesday and find out. Tune in to Captain Midnight. Say, wasn't that something to hear from a real flying student from the Spartan School of Aeronautics? Gee, who knows? Maybe some of you fellas and girls will be going to that famous flying school yourself someday. But now, I want to tell you about the big treat that's in store for us tomorrow night. You see, every single member of Captain Midnight's 1940 Flight Patrol is going to receive, absolutely free, a great, big, beautiful... Uh, uh, wait a minute, Mr. Gordon. Mom's the word. What? Oh, oh I can't tell him, huh? Say... Come to think of it, that's right. Well, you listen to the next adventure of Captain Midnight, and I'll tell you all about it first thing, I promise. And oh boy, is it some surprise. You just wait and see. It's for every member, and it's absolutely free. So don't forget, tune in again Wednesday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight. Brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Choppers and Dealers. Have Major Steele and Bud Conley been found? If so, have they been rescued in time? Or is this one of Ivan Shark's planes? Be sure to listen Wednesday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy landing!